0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 18, Two Sisters, Part 2. Today I want to finish the interview we started in last week's Episode 17, Two Sisters, Part 1. If you listened to that show, you may recall that I spoke with two sisters in their 20s, Hannah and Abby Barbeau. It was to learn what we could from them about sibling relationships and also their thoughts about other relationship matters. Their perspective as a millennial and someone from Generation Z suggests principles we can all apply to our relationships, regardless of our age. Before we continue the interview, I need to mention there are several spots in today's episode that appear to be dead air. You might think there's a malfunction in the recording because of the silence. There is not. I could have easily edited out the silence, but decided not to, because periods of silence are often part of substantive conversation. And we were having a substantive conversation. There are several times I asked a question where Hannah and Abby paused to reflect on what they were going to say next. That's a good thing. In workshops I give on the subject of listening, I talk about the concept of, let silence do the heavy lifting. Contrary to what you might think, a lot is going on in the silence. Thoughts are being carefully formed in one's mind in order to articulate those thoughts in a meaningful way. So while it may seem awkward as a listener during silence, please know that important work is going on in the mind of the other person. Don't rush to fill in the silence. Let silence do the heavy lifting. One of these days we'll do an episode on silence and the role it plays in healthy relationships. Carol said she'll try to see if we can book Marcel Marceau on as our guest for that episode. Great idea, Carol. But do you really think millennials or Generation Z folks know who Marcel Marceau is? I don't know. Well, enough talk about future episodes. Let's get on with the one for today with Hannah and Abby so they can finish their story about relationships. You're really going to find this interesting. We pick up where we left off last week, with me asking them a question. Tell me, you know, to change subjects a little bit, tell me about uh, your view of the church, you know, your relationship with with the church. Um, has that changed at all? And, and is the way you view the church uh, typical of your generation, would you say, or, you know, your age group? Um.
1: I, I would say I love the church um, I think it's incredibly valuable um, I will say for college students nowadays um, a lot of students are turning to um, campus ministries as their um, quote unquote church hmm. um, and, and I, I think I, I'm part of a campus ministry I love it a lot it's great um, I just don't know if it substitutes for church Um, and so my church in Chicago has been very, um, valuable for me. Um, and especially, and also my, um, home church in Wauwatosa was, um, very important in my upbringing, especially, um, when I got into high school and I started serving, um, in children's ministry. That was, Mm -hmm. um, very valuable, uh, for, for my, um, for Mm -hmm. growing up and, um, Now that I'm in college, like that aspect of like going to church on Sunday with a a diverse group of believers, not just college students, but people of all ages, people with kids, you know, single people, uh, you know, older people, like everyone um, has been very important for my um, time in college. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. How about you, Hannah? Uh, There
2: was a lot. There's a lot to that question. Um, I think that most young people these days or at least what I've observed is that uh, they are they are wanting to pursue a relationship with Jesus, but the church they could take or leave. Mm. Um, and I think that's mainly, Uh, stemmed out of this idea that the church is broken and there is a lot of sin in the church and so a lot of people have been they see church as a place where they've been hurt in their past Mm. and then they continue to feel uh, the judgment the you know hostility the unopen atmosphere that churches might have Um, yeah and in some of conversations with people, those are kind of things that they'll say. Um, I I have found um, I think that I have I took a theology class at uh, Moody Bible Institute in Chicago where I completed my undergrad, and I I realized in the theology of it that you know, the church is Jesus's body, and you can't have just Jesus. That Mm -hmm. concept does not make sense. Mm -hmm. You need to have Jesus and his body, which Mm -hmm. is the church and believers. And uh, so kind of through that class and just through personal experience, I have really, really believed that the church is absolutely essential. And I am not at all dismissing um, the sin that happens in churches. Uh, in fact, I, I you know my eyes are wide open to the messiness of church, mm-hmm. to the broken relationships, to the disappointments church can actually bring. and yet I still believe that it is like uh, in obedience, I will commit to the church.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, being a follower of Christ. Mm -hmm. And I think if I could speak to young people, I would say, you know, you don't need to, you know, dismiss your concerns, but instead of seeing concerns and walking away, you need to walk forward and continue to invest in church and really make a difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yeah. 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 I I think to make those changes, and there's definitely changes that need to be made, you know, young people should invest in their churches, you know, become leaders, become you know, influencers in their church community and that's how the problems get solved.
0: Yeah. Yeah, what what do you think people your age in the in your 20s are looking for in a church?
1: Hmm. I can just speak personally, like I I really care about sermons. Um, I want good teaching. I want teaching that speaks to my soul. Uh-huh. Um, and I think everyone is looking for that. But, but young people um, are still new in their faith. Uh, a lot of them didn't really you know, accept Jesus Christ until they were in high school. So they've been going maybe five years as a Christian. So they're still learning and growing. And so I think good teaching, good leaders um, who want to invest um, in them, is very, very important.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Good. How about you, Hannah? What, what do you think?
2: Um, I would probably say... Um, authenticity and vulnerability hmm. um, mm-hmm. as two things that uh, young people are really looking for. M- Maybe this is just speaking from personal experience, but it can... The impression can almost be like once you get to your thirties, forties, fifties, you, you know, have a career that you really enjoy. You've settled down and gotten married. You, you know, have a family, have kids, have had made a lot of decisions, and you've kind of have your life together. Hmm. Um, but before that point, even if you get to that point or appear to get to that point, I guess I should say. Not that anyone gets there. Uh, There can be a lot of, you know, pain before that. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of transition. A lot of feelings of where do I belong? Um, And for, you know, the church to be really honest that this faith journey is not easy. Mm -hmm. That uh, just to see other people, specifically the older generation, like authentically living out their faith. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The struggles mm-hmm. back and forth. You know, yeah. um, the doubts continue. The, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, the questions continue. I think that that's really something that yeah. they latch on to. I think that if that's absent in the church, it can feel very distant.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What, what does authenticity look like to, to you? Or to people in their twenties,
1: you know, my pastor at my uh, church in Chicago is incredibly vulnerable. He shared um, some of like the lowest points of his life, um, some things that w- like would not be quote unquote acceptable um, in, in a normal Christian community, and he just like shared that. So I think being vulnerable and and being honest about, um, your sin and, and just putting that brokenness out there. Mm -hmm. Um, my pastor always says, uh, we're a group of completely imperfect people worshiping a perfect God. So it's, and he says that every week. And so it's just that constant acknowledging that we're imperfect. There is sin here and we're going to, We're going to still worship a perfect God, Mm. Um, and so I think that is authenticity—being honest, just being honest. Yeah,
0: yeah, I like that. I like that. Hannah, do you care to add anything to that at all? What what authenticity looks like to you, and to people in their latter Mm twenties?
2: I think that. It means just like a modeling of living the same in every sphere of your life, Mm -hmm. I think I would say. And in all honesty, that really can't be done. You know, our professional, our professional self is going to be different than our you know ourselves hanging out on Friday night and so I'm not talking about you know minor differences but I'm just talking about like being able to integrate faith into like every single sphere of your Mm -hmm. life um Mm -hmm. I think that's really what is authenticity is kind of not putting on like the church self um but to really but young people really what they really want to see modeled is how do you invite Jesus into Friday night hangouts how do mm. you invite Jesus into just really everything that you're doing? Mm-hmm. Um,
0: mm.
2: And uh, I think as young people try to figure out who they are, we desperately want to just live, uh, there's a word. <laughs>
0: oh my God. That's okay. We can we can cut this out. That's okay. okay.
2: Yeah. what's the word that? that you were looking for? Yeah. Okay. There's a word that just means real. No, it's just consistent. They uh, are just constant. consistent. All in uh, every sphere. Is consistent the word? No. Oh gosh.
0: <laughs> where where are you are you saying where your relationship with Jesus? Permeates everything. Is that mm-hmm. what you're saying? hmm Yeah. Okay. We'll go with that for now. Yes. <laughs> You'll think about it in the car on the way home. Yes, yeah. I will. <laughs> um, hmm. what, uh, what do you wish uh, people in older generations, what do you wish that they knew about you that you don't think they'd realize or appreciate?
1: Ooh. Hmm. <laughs> um. <laughs> I think, um, I, I just wish, uh, and, and this is not every single person of the older generation. I don't like making huge sweeping generalizations, but just, just realizing that, that we do make mistakes and, and we're not, um, we're, we're imperfect people, um, and we're still learning and growing, um, and we, we still want guidance. I think there, there Mm. is this, um. Feeling um, a- a- among the the older generation that like these, these millennials don't need me, you know, like they don't want me. They they, they think I'm I, I'm not important. Like they're they're just on their phones the whole time. But like hmm. I I think mentorship is so 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 important, especially in the church. Um, and so I I think. I would love it as a young person if more older people reached out to me and said, "I want to walk with you because mm. I know more than you." Um, you mm. know, um, and I, I, I just personally, thinking on a personal yeah. basis, I, I would just love if if more older people
2: would would do that and yeah. walk alongside me.
0: Oh, is that interesting?
2: And I, I think that if those conversations happened a bit more, it would really kind of pop the illusion of once you get to your 30s 40s 50s and beyond that it's this you've made it you mm. know your life is smooth sailing yeah. you've reached all the landmarks that you're supposed to i think back to authenticity you know if uh people who were a bit older were really um vulnerable about their you know struggles even in adulthood yeah. you know people in their 20s would say, wow, this is, this is more of a life thing than I yeah. just have to get through my 20s yeah. or I just need to uh, you know, get better, do better, reach better
0: landmarks. Uh-huh. So, so I hear you saying that, that people of your age, some people, again, without trying to generalize, <laughs> yeah. look at it as, if I can just go get over this, one, this next hurdle, life is going to be smooth sailing from that point on. Is, do you see some of that, or am I hearing you incorrectly?
1: I think there's always a mindset of that. I can speak for college students: is that you know there's not a ton of living in the moment because we're always we always have like piles of work um and so we're always trying to get through the next paper through the the week you know through the 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 quarter or semester um and so i think that there is kind of this moment of i do have to just get through this and Mm -hmm. it is going to get better um yeah yeah, i wish there was a more a, a bigger acknowledgement of you're still going to have struggles. They may change, but after college, it's not smooth sailing. Yeah. Like it's it's a lot of change. It's a lot of hard work. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I would say there there is definitely that mindset of. Yeah. Trying to move forward. You
0: know? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. You know, one question I have that I've been dying to ask you guys, and it's kind of it's a little bit unrelated, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the missionary care ministry that that my wife Jan and I are involved with. A common theme is missionaries living overseas and their kids uh, are, are your age, Abby, where they're in college or they're going off to college and the parents worry about them a lot. And and sometimes they feel like they need to be back here in the States to help their son or daughter um, get through college or there's, there's other difficulties that their their kids have left the mission field and are now back here. Do you have any words of encouragement or advice to either the, the children or the parents?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, for, I mean, for the kids, let's just start with that, is college is a change. I always say college is like having... The, the rug pulled under out from under you it might be replaced with a better beautiful carpet but you're still gonna land on your butt you know <laughs> um, and and so that that's my advice is that uh, or encouragement is to keep with it because it will get better um, you're gonna meet some of the most amazing people you're going to learn some of the most interesting things um, stay curious uh keep your heart open, um, and there will be struggles, but you're gonna, you are going to, um, feel better. You know, there, there's always going to be challenges, but you're going to feel better about Mm -hmm. them. That's what I would say to kids. Um, for parents, um, you know, as, as the youngest, I was the baby leaving the nest, uh, with my parents. And, and I, I, I will say for parents is that, um, it's not so much physical distance as it is. You need to maintain your emotional intimacy. Um, I call my parents every Sunday, and it's it's in those you know weekly phone mm. calls that w- we are close. It's not about the distance, um, you know, because i I don't visit in person that much, even though I'm like two hours away. Um, so I would just say that like. Your relationship will. Your relationship with your children will change, but you can remain as close because you'll find in those moments of helping your kid through um, hard times or sharing in your kid's um, disappointments or successes um, that y- you maintain that closeness. Mm. So it may change, but sure. yeah. So, yeah.
0: how about you, Hannah? What
2: I think that I would say uh, that uh, your your job as a parent is not over at eighteen. Oh yeah, uh, which we mm. still kind of joke about because <laughs> I think that uh, you know <laughs> our parents are maybe tired or just kind of are like, oh, okay, are you gonna be okay? And then you know we I find myself still needing them. I ah. still need them each year <laughs> hmm. and you 're twenty six and i 'm twenty six and I find that especially in your twenties you know if if the child is willing, you do need the support of your parents yeah. and they they can hold a place of groundedness and uh, for you as you kind of venture out, but they will always be you know home and that and that concept is. Yeah, is very grounding and can can bring a lot of peace. Yeah. And so, similar to what Abby was saying, I think that, you know, just like an encouragement would be to, like, remain available um, for phone calls or for Skype, you know. Um, I, I think that I would, uh, I, I know, my, my roommate um, went to college in the States and her parents were in France. Mm. Um, and so she's now 27. Um, and she speaks to that transition as being difficult, of um, really having to find family around her because her family was overseas. Mm. And although it was a difficult time, I see such a resilience in her. Mm. And she really had to um, find family and find resources in her church. Mm. And so now her church family is has just like been incredibly important to her. Mm -hmm. Um she developed close friendships uh because kind of out of necessity. Yeah. And there is a strength that she has that I don't have. Yeah. Um because my family is close. Yeah. And so I think I'm not a parent, but if I could speak to, you know, a parent what a parent needs to go through, is it would really be to say if God is calling them to, you know, remain overseas and stay in the country, then God is also calling their college-aged daughter or son to venture out mm-hmm. um, with their family far away.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And if both of those things are true, then God will make a way. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And although it it might not be uh, easy... Yeah. God is in both of the parents and the child is developing, you know, character yeah. um, to be able to do that. Yeah. And so to just really, uh, I, I, I think that the, the parents in these situations really need to go through the process of letting go of their anxiety and mm-hmm. their worries and trust God for the process.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. God develops, I mean, if I could say anything, it would be God develops character in really difficult times. So it's not a parent's job to make their children's lives the easiest as possible. It's to uh, really understand what God is calling them into. And if that's to, you know, kind of be alone in a lot and develop uh, other relationships, then that's what needs to happen. Um, And I think that can be held in tension with, you know, equally being available
0: and supportive when they need you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I like what you said about the church, how the church can really play a valu- valuable role in those situations with uh, the missionary kid, the MK back here, whose parents are 6,000 miles away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's very good. Well, what, what does the future hold for, for each of you in terms of, of, your, of just your relationship? What do you, where do you see it headed?
1: You know, uh, we're getting older. Uh, there might be some significant others in our lives coming up pretty soon, hopefully. Um, thinking
0: of getting a dog? Exactly. <laughs> yes, actually. Oh, yeah, the other probably. kind of significant other. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, and that's, that's going to be a change, um, for sure. Because as we move into marriage, potentially, I'm not sure. Um, understanding how that relationship kind of changes and and you know i refer to hannah as my person but that person is going to change once Mm -hmm. um you know so so understanding that um whenever it comes in the future um and then i think there's going to be job changes once i get out of college i'm going to start looking for a job who who knows where hopefully chicago um And hannah might move somewhere for a job or um go back to school so um also understanding um the occupational changes um so i think those are two interesting things that Mm -hmm. might happen in our relationship going forward but Mm -hmm. i'm i'm excited we keep growing closer and
0: Mm -hmm.
2: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah we've we've had to do long distance for quite a while for you know uh part of our relationship you know i was in chicago and Abby was in Milwaukee, and so, you know, with, with every relationship, there's going to be, like, a lot of transition, but then you would just kind of have to take it head on, and yeah. um, I think the, the most important thing is, like, um, continue that, you know, choice and that commitment to the other person, and also increase the conversations of how are you feeling in this transition? How do you feel about our relationship? Are you mm-hmm. still feeling close? Like, how can we continue to foster our, like, relationship yeah. in the midst of these changes? Yeah. I think that we sometimes joke that one day, uh, Shifting shadow. well, you know, we'll, we'll start our mommy blog. Yeah, <laughs> Shifting Shadows will become a mommy blog. Because, uh-huh. uh, you know, and so we, I think that we have, you know, dreams of kind of living life, living lives parallelly, um, yeah. you know, kind of hoping to be in some of similar stages. Yeah. Um, but that's really not necessary because we've kind of found that like, whether we're in the same stage or not, we can remain close and learn yeah. from the other person. Yeah.
0: And then after the mommy blog, I could see you to uh, geriatric girls. Oh, oh yeah. That is a blog.
2: Yeah. I love, I love it. That. <laughs> Great.
0: A couple of years ago, uh, I was at we were at church, and I looked over to my left, and there were two elderly men, probably late seventies, maybe early eighties. Oh man! They were identical twins. Oh they, wow! They were dressed alike. They had to be identical twins. <laughs> and you know, when you think of twins, you don't think of old twins. You think everybody, you know, so even true. like with our grandkids, they're sixteen and they're very much their own people. But I just thought that was just a beautiful sight to see these two really old guys, dressed alike, who you could, and they were sitting next to each other, so they had this <laughs> this long history. You were talking earlier about the history that the two of you have, even though you're still quite young, but you, uh, but that's meaningful to you, mm-hmm. and so that's only going to enrich your lives as as you move forward. Yeah. So mm-hmm. anyway. we hope so. But geriatric girls, I think there's a future for that. Oh, for um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we can, we need to wrap up here pretty soon. Can you can you think of a funny story that involved each of you in your relationship, mm. and anything recently or anything um, anything from your past that that
1: uh,
0: that just brings you delight when you think about it? Oh gosh,
1: there's too many. That's what <laughs> you know. This wasn't just us. This this involved other members of our family. But one time hannah let a bird into our bathroom (laughs) like there was like a bird like knocking on our window um because we shared
2: a bathroom throughout our our childhood um and so i heard noises behind the window (laughs) so i get abby and i bring her into the bathroom yep and and she well someone so, so we decide
1: we're gonna open the window (laughs) (laughs) the window so we open the window and the bird just flies in and it's just like a normal like hummingbird or whatever
0: Uh (laughs) uh-huh
1: so that bird was stuck in our
2: bathroom for like an hour so the bird flies in we start to immediately with our heads. scream yeah scream Chickens with our head cut off, scream, 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 the birds flying around. <laughs> so then we decide to go to the one person who solves all the problems, Dad. dad. Our, our <laughs> father. So, we, so we run downstairs and we say, Dad, Dad, there's, there's a bird in the house. There's a bird in the bathroom. And he, in his very like calm demeanor, says, well, did you shut the bathroom door? And we just take a moment and we're like, ah! So we run back up. You know, quickly shut the bathroom door to at least ensure that the bird is remains yeah. in the bathroom. And then he came up and dealt with the room. Yeah, with the room. dealt Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, that's a funny
0: story. That's yeah. a funny story. <laughs> so, uh. well, great. Anything? Uh, any last words you'd like to to say in terms of of relationships and fostering relationships with siblings?
2: Yeah. I don't know. I would. I. I think I would really just encourage people to, if they can, invest in sibling relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, they. They really are. They. They have the opportunity to be even deeper than friendships. Um, mm. And I think that's, you know, even if you are just in a friendship, you should almost aspire to be as if siblings will be. Ah. There is a. There's a just a freedom and this freedom shouldn't be abused but it should it should almost be like i know that whatever i do i could do or say anything and abby has got my back um because because she's family mm-hmm. <laughs> there there's almost that we're kind of stuck I with see, each other <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's that i see you and we're in this for life
0: yeah yeah
2: and uh i I see a lot of young people spending a lot of um, thought and time um, maybe as they rightfully should on their dating relationship and hopefully their marriage relationship there's books out there there's you know series there's I mean marital advice there's there's just a lot of material out there Um, but uh, invest really investing in learning how to hone into like other relationships such as a sibling relationship or a friendship relationship is like absolutely essential in your 20s um and and beyond Mm -hmm. everybody needs friends you know Mm -hmm. everybody needs close friends that are you know keep getting closer
0: yeah
2: and so i would really just say to you know have people really tap into that yeah um which is uh yeah, really really. why
0: mm-hmm.
2: I think that your podcast is very oh. valuable. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, I think it's like an invaluable resource that people are really wanting, really wanting to know how to do is to just yeah. like enrich every type of relationship in their life. Yeah, great. Yeah. Right.
0: Well, thank you. So if someone were interested in, in reading your blog, how could they find it? What's it, what's it called again?
2: Yeah,
1: so it's called uh, Shifting Shadows uh, Blog. So the website is www.shiftingshadowsblog.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Shifting Shadows. Um, And you can follow us on Instagram at Shifting Shadows Blog.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Great. Great. And one day, geriatric girls. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again, ladies.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
0: So there you have it. Two Sisters Talking About Their Relationship. There are several things I learned and felt over these past two episodes that I'll talk about in just a minute. But to wrap things up for today's episode, here's the main takeaway, the big idea, our show in a sentence. Older generations play an important role in modeling for younger generations what healthy, authentic relationships look like. Here's a way you can respond to today's show. Ask a question or two of someone in a different generation than you. Try to get a glimpse into what life is like for them. What are their joys? What are their challenges? And who knows, a relationship might even develop. Well, coming up next week, I can't let this conversation we've had over the last two episodes with Hannah and Abby just end without commenting on what they had to say. So that's what episode 19 will be next week. Reflections and observations about what they shared. But I can sum it up for you now in just one word, encouraged. I've been really encouraged by what I've heard from Hannah and Abby these past two episodes. And next week, I want to explain why. So please tune in next week if you'd like to be encouraged too. And now to finish things off with our quote of the week. Last week's quote came from Abby. This week, I want to go with something her sister Hannah said in today's episode. As a millennial talking about parenting, Hannah said, Your job as a parent is not over when your child turns 18. I still need my parents, even though I'm 26. I find that really encouraging. Uh, I, I hope you do, too, especially if you have children at that age. Well, thank you for listening into to today's episode. Until next time, try to move the needle forward just a little bit in your relationships. Move it forward more by what you do and less by what you say. Goodbye for now.